Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bridge, a show connecting East and West. I am your guest host, Jesse Appel, ITSE. I was a stand-up comedian for nine years in China, and now I'm in Los Angeles doing Chinese comedy, English comedy, and really a little bit of everything. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, and if you like the show, consider giving us a like or giving us five stars, suggestions or comments, anything that you'd like to share with us. Hit us up with an email at welovethebridge at gmail.com. That's we love the bridge. Here with my co-host Tom Chia. Hey everybody. Tom is a Chinese-American uh, film director, uh, online creator, and uh, most important for the purpose of this episode, uh, father to two children. Yes. <laughs> Very, yeah, pretty recently. Actually, I did it for this episode. I yes. adopted two kids, so <laughs> I can, we can talk about this. <laughs> uh, Tom uh, has been preparing for many years for this episode in that sense. Yes. You know, so how old, are, how old are your kids now? I have a two-year-old boy and a three-month-old girl. Yay. Uh, and the topic that we chose for this episode is something that we wind up talking a lot about outside of the podcast yeah. about and so we figured we might as well talk on the podcast about it uh but yeah uh, naiba so like um uh, the phrase naiba is uh the nai is uh like milk. milk i'm a milk dad milk daddy yeah which milk sounds, daddy milk da- wasn't oh no i'm mm. thinking of milk duds uh, there was yeah. a candy that was like yeah. i thought they were milk daddy candies milk and, daddy sounds like a rapper's <laughs> name <laughs> uh, yeah or like a like a like a um like a drag queen sort of, drag king or drag king yeah yeah drag king milk name. call me milk daddy <laughs> yeah that would be or or just like um oh there's so many good things i but actually what, like what, i like milk daddy milk daddy better um, than house husband what yeah so this is the thing is that this is a the term that's in china now for sort of what we would call at you know varying episodes stay at home dad yeah. house dad um and there's obviously a lot of stuff tied up in that uh because you know, the society is changing very quickly. And I don't know. Here's my question. Did you, when you imagine yourself having kids in the vague future when you were younger, did you stop to think about who would be raising them and how and how, what you would be doing and what your partner would be doing? Yeah, it's a good question. I just never imagined anybody would want to marry me. So I didn't know. No, I just, I never. You were were in full cross that bridge when you get to it. Yeah. Let's get through the first one. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) No, I uh, I never imagined. Yeah, I I didn't put too much thought into it, but I always I always imagined it would be something more of a traditional setup where I would I I'd be working during the day and my wife would be helping with the kids. But I also grew up in a household where my dad, my mom, they kind of divided up the divided up the 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 chores mm. or or child caring duties. Because my mom was also the breadwinner of the house. Oh, okay. When I say also, I think you guys have now, now <laughs> just revealed <laughs> that my wife is also. <laughs> so yeah. So so what's Follow your situation now tradition. for everybody? Say like sort of like who do, who does what and what has it been last? Uh, and again, this is a yeah. little bit bizarre because the last two years, obviously during COVID, everything is is nutty to begin with. But yeah. what's the situation as of now? Who does what? Yeah, I mean, we're incre- my wife and I uh, we're incredibly lucky to have my parents close by, so they help us out a lot with uh with a with the eldest kid yeah, they but live right down the road like literally you can walk there from, yeah. from here and i always you know i always 
I always wanted to avoid that when I was younger, mm. to be so close to my parents, and now I can't appreciate it enough. I can't <laughs> imagine our lives. I mean, seriously, like, I, I look at <laughs> families who are just taking care of two kids by themselves. I'm like, how do they have superpowers? Yeah. How are they doing this? And obviously, there are times when, when we don't have help and we have to take care of both kids, and it's like it's all hands on deck, mm. you know. Uh, I, I'm better at, you know, kind of playing and roughhousing with uh with uh with my kid the oldest one not the three months old she yeah. doesn't like that no no when you I gotta her, you gotta give I it a little around. time don't don't get too like antsy there there, yeah. there will be roughhousing in the future yeah very soon and um and yeah and my wife angie she's you know she's really good with the details like what you know what kind of stuff they want to wear or if they have like you know like cleanliness she's really big on cleanliness which I'm I'm just not good at. Not that, not that I was I gonna say, is she clean or are you dirty? I'm I'm a dirty I'm a dirty <laughs> milk dirty, daddy. Dirty, <laughs> dirty milk daddy. <laughs> um. So so then and then in terms of the kids, like how did you how did you decide how to uh, separate the the workload? We kind of just figured out what we're what we're good at, and we're both we both work from home, um. So we're around the kids a lot mm-hmm. and we just kind of figure out what we're good at. Like she's, she's extra clean and I just compared to her, I am, you know, I'm a mess. So she mm-hmm. usually takes care of the kids on that front and I'm really good at playing with the kids. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> like she doesn't, she doesn't enjoy that as much actually. Interesting. Yeah. So it kind of works out. I like reading to the kids. I like, like, nice. you know, like just teaching them stuff. So we've kind of broken it down on that front. Did it, did it, was it a conscious choice or was it a sort of like, you know, as things progressed, you fell into it? It was not conscious. Actually, I mean, going through it, even though we, we, we kind of split the, we split the responsibility, responsibility down the middle, you know, I think I still deal with like, you know, like these social norms of what a dad should and shouldn't do. Mm. And they're totally in my head. Like, really? Yeah. Do, do you feel like it's like act like it's actively affecting you? You're like, should I be? You're doing something. You're like, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Well, I think personally because I know you know my wife is the breadwinner, so mm-hmm. I feel like oh I should be doing more. But then when I do more, I also feel like man, am I now like relegated to the role of like just like a house husband? Mm-hmm. Am I like do I have like a lower status role in the family? Mm-hmm. So, but all of that is is really in my head. Well, it, well she that, never makes me feel that mm-hmm. way. You know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing though. It's like it's it's. It's in a lot of people's heads. And yeah, it's, I'm a it's, man. It's, I'm a man. I'm, I'm a, a milk daddy. Man, milk daddy. You know, I'm, yeah. But like, you know, would, do, you, do you kind of feel like, you know, at some level you should be out hunting a mastodon? Yeah, and not, I do. Not like, you know, fixing the diaper or whatever. Yeah, even though they're extinct and I've been to the museum. Well, again, <laughs> they wouldn't call it hunting the mastodon if it was right outside your door. Oh, see, you that's why I'm not. find them. I'm not, a, I'm not manly enough to know that. You <laughs> that's why I'm never going to be a man. You never know the herds and the migration. That used to be real important stuff. Nowadays, yeah. like if you have, you're like, oh, I can code. Before it was like, I know where the mastodon. Exactly. Uh, you go, they'll they go to that one lake in like yeah. you know upstate. Now it's like I have NFTs. I have, yeah. <laughs> now you have, yeah, I, have, I have NFTs. I have a of, mastodon NFT. I have an NFT of me stabbing a mastodon <laughs> and serving it to my wife and uh, fulfilling my obligations as a man. Um, yeah, I mean, but so so here's but this this is the whole thing, and and this is really at the end of the day is is like you know society places expectations on us and and we have the ability to go against those but it, it uses willpower right yeah it's like you, you know you need to be like truly so convinced of your 
like if you're gonna if you're gonna do things against the roles that uh, society puts for us, you yeah. need to be so thoroughly convinced about it if you're not gonna use willpower. Otherwise, it is an effort. Yeah, um, and, and it's it is really silly the the pressures that's placed on you mm -hmm. by society because in truth, for me. It's like I actually I really do enjoy spending time with my mm. kids. Obviously, I have the same reservations as any parent would because like when you're when you're spending too much time with your kids, whether you're a husband or a wife, you're thinking about your own career and like yeah. whether, you know, wh where your career is going, but that's but that's a fear that women feel as well as men. Yeah. Well, that's and and that's really the core of the whole thing is like the the sort of a lot of at least in the United States and we'll talk about China in a bit, but I feel like a lot of the United States is um uh, like, you know, gender roles were built of this like post-war period. The man came back from the work. We have the baby. Everybody's alive. Man's going to go to work every day. And the, the wife would work at home. And maintaining a home is a full-time full job. Oh, it's a, insane. As I'm sure we'll hear details of. And, and that's even just maintaining a home. You know, if you have kids, one kid. What about two kids? Yeah. And and I have no idea how people used to have like eight kids. I don't know. Like it's like it's like a total mystery and it wasn't that long ago. I would have to train my eldest kid to take care of kids. Like I that's think that's the what they way. did. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think that's what they did. It's like yeah. the older kids took care of the younger yeah. kids. Your I also job think, is to know how to take care of babies. So so you feel like you have more pressure from the American sensibility of the of the the roles of raising a kid than the Chinese ones? No, or both. Or both. explain the just, Chinese ones. Just a little in bit, general. Right? I think you know my dad, you know, even though he's not the breadwinner, like he's done a lot, you know, he cooked for me and, and took care of me when I was a kid. He still has very like traditional ideas of what a man should do. Maybe because, maybe because he was a house husband for too long. He's like, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't suffer the same fate as me. <laughs> Go make something of yourself. <laughs> Has he had any sort of sit down talk with you about like, you know, he like, keeps telling me like, yeah, a man should be out there making money, like should be making so big decisions. So he's giving you the opposite. Uh, he's like, uh, like, make big decisions. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, the type of diaper they wear is a big decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, have you yeah. ever dealt with rash? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. this is a real thing. Yeah. Our second baby has colic. Do you understand that, dad? <laughs> she cries every night. You know what kind of dishes, decisions I have to make? We, we <laughs> should say we're recording this after a night that you said the baby was up from 2 to 7 a.m. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. It was a party. It was a good time. Good it was a good times. Time. So like, you know, every day podcast all day, baby cry all night. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> hit him with it. Living life. What is kind of the Chinese equivalent of what, um, you know, the man and the woman are supposed to do and, and sort yeah. of it's, modern. It's interesting. I think it's this fear that like if a man doesn't make the money in the house, then he doesn't have the power. Without the power, mm. he will re receive no respect from his wife and kids. Mm. Eventually his kids. What if you, they just don't respect you for other reasons? Exactly. Then that's what you're dealing with. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just so kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What if they just don't like no. your face? Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, you know, so, so, so that, um, so you, like that's sort of the original sort of man goes out. Do you feel like it's about the work or about the power? Because it's associate, it's all, it's all, I mean, I think to my dad's generation, it seems like it's, it's all part of one thing. thing. It, one leads to another. When you have to work, you'll have the power. But so like, I'm um, just as an example, like, let's say that you were chafing about being a night bot and you say, I want to go and work and you just get a job at like a you know, Dunkin' Donuts or whatever and just spend yeah. all your time I'm still working waiting to hear for back, minimal wage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear back? Not yet. They're Not yet. hiring in the spring. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, that's what they told you. Um, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's say that you just went out to work for the sake of work, but you don't make enough money to have any influence over family decisions or anything like that um or like you, you know compared to your wife would you 
would you feel like that's a step forward in, in dealing with that stress? Or, I mean, obviously I think for the family, it'd be a step backwards, Yeah. but, but like, do you feel like that would satisfy that urge you have about going out and making it? You know? Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's less about that. I know if I just, if I were to find any job, um, just so I can, I can have more power to, <laughs> you know, to raise my family. It's, I don't think that's going to be satisfying in the long run. In fact, I know it won't because yeah. I enjoy my time with my kids. Yeah. Having said that, like I, I'm also aware that I want to contribute more to to you know uh, economically to to help my family and help yeah. my kids. So there's a balance there. Yeah. But I definitely don't want to lose my connection with my kids and spend yeah. time with them. I, I don't well, think this it's is, worth. Well, this it's is not worth any job, including my career. Yeah. Yeah. So the the. The um, how much of those gender roles really at the end of the day were kind of covers for people to not share their emotion yeah. except for when they wanted and then put the rest of that onto the partner that was raising the kid and generally yeah. it would and be it's the hard. Woman. We, we really we really undermine, I think, like the woman's role uh, or just like what she what she has to face. I, I just know in terms of Chinese culture, like, you know, when uh, when I'm when I change my baby's diaper everybody's like wow this dad like he's so good well, with yeah. the baby and if a mom the women, yeah, if women, a woman does it, yeah it's like yeah. of course she knows how to do this how can she not if she doesn't know how to feed a kid it's like oh you know like just the it would judgment. be yeah i mean the other way around you're right and like imagine yeah because imagine let's say that your roles were that you're going to feed the kid and do the diapers and like you know regardless of whether your wife works or doesn't work if that was your role but if she doesn't know how to do those things Oh, people would be super judgy. How, like, how can she be born with that knowledge? And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, it's a, yeah, that... it's a total double standard because it's like she'd have to learn it just like you would. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to learn that stuff. And just you like know when women don't produce enough milk, like hmm. they get a lot of, you know, flack. For that. It's just, really it's insane. It's that's just, yeah. that makes no sense. A lot it's of like, it is very backwards. That's yeah. like, yeah. So I think that a lot of that stuff is um, have you been producing the milk? That, that's why they call me her. Milk Daddy. That's why they call me Milk Daddy, <laughs> yeah. baby. They don't call me Milk Daddy because mm. I don't have milk. Yeah. <laughs> they don't call me Dry Daddy. <laughs> if, um, Man, by the way, real sick. Um, so, um, what about you, Jesse? I mean, you, uh, what, what I, was I'm your experience? <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, I don't know. So, I mean, my experience was pretty unique because um, as I was growing up, my mom and my dad divorced when I was nine because my dad came out of the closet and he's gay. Yeah. So my dad, um, I mean, that's a big deal. That was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, and I think actually ironically because of that, and I will say this, like the, um, the, both of my parents were like super, super adult about this whole thing. Yeah. Everybody, like everybody's still friends. Even now we have Thanksgiving together. Everybody lives pretty close to each other in the Boston area. Like, you know, it's like a 10, 15 minute drive from one to the other. So you can go to both. When I was a kid, I would split time between my parents' houses. So it was a very direct kind of splitting of labor yeah. in that it was like, it was agreed upon like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday or whatever is going to be dad does everything. And then, you know, the other days mom does everything. And then the rest of stuff that needed to be negotiated, who buys the clothes, who does this, who does that. Um, they had to talk about all those details. And so ironically, a highly functional divorced couple yeah. dealt with a lot of these issues in some ways, maybe even better than a married couple yeah, might have. It sounds like it because it sounds like a very healthy relationship. It was, it was, um, I think that in, you know, in hindsight, getting to know my parents a little bit more better as adults, I think there were challenges that I was not aware of when I was a kid, which is probably exactly the purpose of how they did their things to have that not be an issue. Yeah. But, um, from the state of like growing up, it was, um, you know, outside of the first, you know, we'll say, six months of the divorce, which was when 
we had the house, like my mom's house, the house we grew up in, my mom stayed in that house. My dad went to find his own house, but in the interim of him finding his own place, we spent, you know, actually come to think of it, it may not have even been six months. It may have been shorter, but we spent a series of time just kind of hanging out at his friend's places who gave him an extra bedroom to stay with the kids because it was important to him that he take care of the kids right and that to be there yeah to be there so the kids i think from the very beginning we were like yeah we split time yeah um and then of course my dad found his own place relatively relatively quickly probably wasn't six months at all and just looking back it probably wasn't that long and um he moved in there and so and then later he married uh his husband guy his name is guy he's a guy named guy Mm -hmm. from israel and um, Guy, uh, I met Guy when I was in like third or fourth grade, so still very young. And so yeah. basically, I've had three parents growing up. Yeah, and, and so it's all been very everybody. And everybody's been, ver- yeah, it well, works. It totally yeah. works. I mean, it really is just like an extra caregiver. Yeah, like you know, if you like, you know, every family makes it work a little bit differently. You know, we didn't see our grandparents as much; they weren't a part of taking care of us. But the fact that you could have Guy, if needed, come pick us up from school. But it was never like, know? oh, like. You know, your dad had to do this. Your mom had to do that. Where like, I think that there was some stuff that still kind of naturally happened like that. Yeah. I mean, there's just issues like if you're growing up as a kid, you want to talk to your dad about. Right. And then there's stuff you want to talk to your mom about. And then there's also just like they're different people. So there'd be different influence. Like, you know, my dad would always encourage me like to, you know, my dad's very outgoing and he, he worked in fundraising. So he would talk to people and make connections and we would go to like you know, occasional parties or whatever, yeah. where we'd meet people. I don't think my mom ever took me to any party with her friends right. ever, but that was just not who she was, but she, she didn't take, want to take you to the party. She yeah. Would, she didn't want to, anyone to know I existed. It's more ideally, about you than it is about. Ideally. Right. I yeah. was just more of a, you know, I was, I was just quiet, but the, yeah. um, no, the, uh, no, but my mom would, um, my mom would take me to museums and my mom would take me to uh, parks and lakes and and uh do stuff like that that's nice and um and so you know they each in some ways divided the labor of taking care of the kids to fit their own interests i mean obviously you don't have you don't have kids yet but do you think about do you ever think about that what kind of dad you want to be i think that having been raised by a non-conventional family was really really good in the fact that um I, I'm totally open. I, I know that there are many right ways to raise a family. Yeah. So like for me, it's like it kind of shows up in weird ways. But when I think about like, hey, I lived in China for so many years. I lived in America. Will I raise a kid here? Would I raise a kid there? You know, would I, I know my parents won't matter about if I decide to marry somebody of a different race. You know, my dad's gay. So like they're the the the, the gay community is very open in terms of like find who you love and yeah. like do it. You know, that that is even even age discrepancies are more normal in the gay community. And my, my dad and his husband have a pretty large age discrepancy. I think guys like 18 years younger than my dad. Oh, so yeah. so the um, they met when they were adults. But like, you know, the um, yeah, they, yeah, the, there was nothing untoward <laughs> yeah, happening. I had to but, add um, an extra note. <laughs> but like um, but like I think the openness in the we'll say like non you know, you know, vanilla hetero community of of marriage is that. You know, marriage is more than just fulfilling those um, those like social pressures. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a way to raise a family, and there are many ways to raise a family. And so, for me, I feel like, you know, I'm looking forward one day to raising a family. I need to find the girl first. Um, if you're listening, yeah, and that's you're how the girl. That's leave how... the comment. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, um, no, but the please uh, listen to this. Yeah, um, this is again a desperate cry oh, into the void. Yeah. Into the void. Uh, so the no, but the but the. Um, 
but I think that I have a lot of openness to that. And, you know, that's great. Um, people, I, yeah, I, I have that joke that I do in, in my Chinese set, I have a whole gay dad joke set and, you know, Chinese people always ask me, they're like, would your dad be okay if you married a Chinese person? I'm like, you know, my dad, you know, he's, he's like, you know, you, you gotta love who you love, you know? And so I'm kind of this, I'm part of this like weird pocket of, you know, whatever, right. 30, 40, 50 years. The last of, wave. That last wave of like half openness. Yeah. Um, and then, but as a result, you know, I was raised by, you know, gay parents and I turned out okay, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. We or, can move on. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're, uh, we're way over on our, on our time to take our break. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back in just a moment and keep talking about the Naiba culture. And uh, we have a very interesting a hypothetical coming up about whether women should be paid to to have the kids if they are going to be leaving their job yeah. in order to do it. So we're going to talk about that in just a bit. Uh, I'm Jesse. I'm Dirty Milk Daddy. Dirty Milk Daddy. Welcome back. You are listening to The Bridge. Looking at the same topics from uh, both American, Chinese points of views. I'm Jesse Pell, ICSE, here with the co-host uh, hey, Tom Xiao. everybody. And uh, today the topic we're talking about is uh, Nai Ba, which is uh, the milk daddy. Yes. Uh, sort of the stay-at-home husband and the stuff that is involved in that. And um, and a lot of this comes down to money. It's like this is both money impl- influences the social you know, status of yes. both men and women as they as they raise kids or choose not to. It's and very expensive to have kids. It is very expensive to have kids, and who pays for that is a big part of it. And that's what the next segment that I want to talk about is that I saw this article on Reddit, um, and the the article on Reddit is basically this long post uh, by this person who just made a burner account called Husband Maybe Father. Um, and basically, the idea of this is that both of this, both this man and his wife, they're high earners. They say that he makes, they say both each over one hundred seventy-five thousand U.S. a year. Yeah. Um, so high earners, they paid for all their stuff fifty-fifty all the way through. They both always had money, and now um, very rational couple. Very rational couple. And then she, you know, called him upstairs uh, and told him that uh, she's been thinking about having kids, and if she has kids. The company that she works for will pay her 50% of her salary for the first six months if she takes maternity leave. But she wants the husband to compensate her for the rest of the 50% that she would leave, that she would be losing. Right. Because if they split their salaries and he keeps working and she has the baby, she just doesn't make half of her salary and has to have a baby. Yeah. (laughs) And so. This um this guy made this long post saying like you know rationally a lot of this makes sense and yet I have no idea what to do it sounds nuts yeah you know and so what do you think about that like you know the, do you think this is a uh, this well, is going to be the new normal going forward or or not I mean so I much? wonder if a company is supposed to pay their entire salary versus only half i mean i wonder what the norm is i don't well in in america there are no laws on this so there's no federal law on maternity leave um now every society should pay for your maternity leave i mean i think 
You would think so, but it's not a law. Like there, right. there's definitely no law on the on their state laws about this. I think the the quandary here is that yeah. having those you know really high earning jobs that the companies are going to pay very good maternity leave packages is a rarity. Most people don't get that. At least pay the full salary. I think first of all, it starts with the company. The company seems unfair. It seems unfair. You, so them. you you read this and you're like, the company is unfair because they are putting this pressure on the couple now. Yeah, but the, but that pressure has been on the couple since time immemorial. Because like they the, knew like, they knew it was, this was going to be no, yeah. like 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 it's a like even in countries with very progressive um, uh, maternity leave, that's like the last you know fifty years that you would have any help yeah. for for a woman working in an office to be able to get maternity leave paid. Maternity right. leave is relatively new phenomenon. Now maybe the um, maybe that maternity leave is maybe the solution is as you're saying is like. The problem this couple is facing is fundamentally one that they should the the law should solve by forcing maternity leave or by paying people yeah. uh, maternity um, maternity leave just in general, not even related to their job. You know. Yeah, I mean, but, if you really break down the numbers, it worked like it sounds kind of cold. Like, oh, you know, you're having uh, you're having our baby, and I have to pay you. It seems like it seems like we're not on the same team here. If you're, uh, uh, but yeah, but the truth is, like, if you really wanted to break it down. We're not even considering the the ten months that she's pregnant, right? How much should she be paid for that? If yeah. you include all of that, that's like that fifty thousand dollars. That's nothing. That's like yeah. fifty thousand dollars a month for for her to go through, you know, a, a really it's hard traumatic, yeah, you know, a traumatic period in her in her life that a right. man will never have to experience. So fifty thousand dollars is a discount if you really want <laughs> if you really want to break it. Well, down. this is the thing about it, and yet for you know whatever the entirety of the 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 life of you know sexually produced life on this earth, people have figured out a way to do it without paying cash. Um, and so is it, is it just by putting people's well, minds, is it just pushing the, the energy and, um, you know, responsibility onto women? Is it just that simple? In which case, yeah, somebody should be paying, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you know, or at least it'd there's be a no better right system. An, there's no pay. right answer. But if he feels like, why am I like, like if he's, if he starts breaking down, like the numbers, like you can't be rational in this, I think in this scenario, like. If your wife doesn't well, want you to pay, then don't pay. If she wants you to pay to make her feel better. Well, yeah, that's ultimately the other question is like, you know, what are you going to haggle? Like it's it's like, you know, give you half of what you want. Like, you know, the, there's so many ways for this to go wrong. And, and I've been rational about everything else. That everything else is 50-50. And in the article, he also meant like this is the guy. Like he mentions like, oh, we everything is 50-50 except the wedding ring and the engagement ring that I paid for. Yeah. This guy is <laughs> well. So I, not I Mr. Think, romantic. Well, here. this is an interesting question, though, because like the, um, you know, my experience, and you know, I never got into the point with any of the relationships where I was having kids, but um, I've had relationships of. where we split everything fifty fifty. Yeah, and that was um, a part of that that we both liked because it was something that said like we're both going to be able to, you know, have our own lives and also be together. And if I wanted to buy a gift, I could buy her a gift. That the problem is that when you get to these bigger things, when you're talking about months of your life, especially months uh, like during pregnancy, and then you know afterwards the loss of career, it's actually 
probably a good deal for the guy considering the way that she put it because also women have lost a future income associated with taking years out of their career at that time yeah you know the the, the sort of the the early 30s or whatever when a lot of women are having kids now in in the states especially those high earners yeah like that that time early 30s mid 30s is the is the the rocket ship part of your career and if it's you also the it. time where they need to have a kid before yeah after 35 there's a clock yeah, yeah well after 35 it's just high risk now yeah we don't have to deal with that as a man so we don't understand like the urgency but it's it's real and when you have to pick and choose like that makes life hard you and know? i feel like you couldn't sidestep this like i don't think you could say like i'm gonna give you some nfts and then like you know those will be worth did he try did he try <laughs> yeah. uh if you, sir if you're listening to this and and this is still an issue try the nfts i mean they may be hurt. worth something someday <laughs> can't <No>. hurt yeah <laughs> yeah um I mean, Wouldn't that be crazy if you gave your wife the NFTs as the payment and then they like blew up and became millions of dollars worth? And I would, I would hate my kids forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You caused this. Yeah, well, Dad, why did you call me glitch? <laughs> um, yeah. um, but the, um, you know, then you know, my sister to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> These little punks. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, this is very. Um, I, I feel There's like no right or wrong. I but feel like there, this is like what what I feel it is is it's like the um, the the desire for fairness in an unfair world. Yeah, I uh, mean, in taken their, to in their marriage, yeah. the way their marriage is structured, it feels fair. In other marriages where you, not everything fair. is broken down so 50, so evenly, 50. then maybe that'll come as a surprise. But right? I mean, like, you know, here's a question though: It's like you know, this is. Um, like, you know, if, if, you know, if your wife goes through the process of bearing your children and, and that's, that's an intensive process and helping to raise the children, do you not feel though that that can, would be better repaid? Like if you, you pay it in cash, then, then there's no, I don't know. Is there no emotion oh. there anymore? Oh, you, no. Wouldn't no, you see, rather that's be? That's where, that's where he would make the second mistake. If he pays the 50,000 and he thinks like, oh, that's my contribution, no, like, you know, no, this <laughs> is like, this is like just the beginning. You need to put in, you need to put in your time as the dad and do everything you need to do as a husband. This is just something that will make her feel like she's on equal footing because the real question is why is she requesting this? So you want to get to the root of what's bringing this up. And yeah. if it makes her feel like, you know, she, she's, she's just as important, if not more important in this household, she's not just a tool and that price tag is $50,000. Then you got to figure out a way to, to make you, her feel you that think way. that he should pay. Yeah, like if she needs you to pay, then understand why, and then I think from there decide like what the best course is. Well, I mean, you know, for people of that income, if you make enough money that you could actually pay this, essentially what what she's saying in a way is saying I'm going to be spending six months of my life recovering from from the from the birth and helping to raise a kid. Yeah, I want you to spend the equivalent in your income of six months of your life, uh, so that we're equal. <laughs> You know, that seems, you know, very fair. uh, Well, but, but, you know, here it seems fair from an economic stance, but it's just, but it's six months more of time that, you know, would he have been able to do other things to make things better during that six months? Right. He's spending six months of labor now. Whatever it is, he doesn't even have a, but he he would never have to experience that. So yeah, I I think. Are you ever going to have a second kid if you pay 50,000? Maybe she won't feel that way with a <laughs> second child. Maybe maybe, maybe yeah, she'll maybe right. she'll ask for a hundred because fifty yeah, isn't yeah, enough. Fifty wasn't enough. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think um, 
I think this is like, you know, because she's not a gold digger. That's I mean, the thing. She's no, not like, no, no, no. You know, they're, she's they're not like, I don't like work anyway, so you got to pay me. She and also it's it's not like it's not like she can go and like take the offer elsewhere. Like if you don't give me fifty thousand, I'm marrying and having somebody else's baby. No, I think like, she made a very she made a very rational like d- decision. She yeah, wants to. I feel guess you're like, you're going to bring me around. I'm thinking like yeah. my my first reaction when I saw this is like this is like logic applied to illogic, like the like some things in in life. And I think it can be a good thing. Like, you know, you can't put the number on. You yeah. can't put the, you know, and, and some experiences are, you know, reciprocal in the long term. Like, you know, if I had a wife and she bears a kid for me, you know, then, you know, the, you know, the check may come due some other time, 20 years from now. Somebody really needs something done or we really need to move for her parents or, you know, whatever it is. The check may come due then. Sure. But, but that check feels natural. Like, you know, the, um, whereas the, the money is a kind of unnatural in the sense of like, again, even if you pay the money, you still have to, it, it's not like that, you know, uh, it doesn't mean you don't have obligations now. Yeah, Dad, you still have all the not, same obligations. You've not paid off your before. responsibility. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that the, the concern I would have is I think you were right in saying, why does she want this? Yeah. If the reason that she wants it is not really going to be assuaged by the money, then you're you're in a bad spot because everybody's just going to feel awkward. Yeah. And what do you think she's going to do with this money? She's going to put it towards family. You think she's going to like, yeah. Well, and and that's, and that's again, the argument for why they should, but, and that's the argument for why they shouldn't be splitting 50, 50. Well, then she must, obviously she feels emotionally about this process and she's, she must feel something that needs to be, to be, to be dealt with. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think if it's, again, I think it's more than just $50,000. It's more than that. But if that's a starting point, I would pay it just to see, like, you know, and, and get to the root of that cause. Right. Obviously, if I don't have $50,000, then... Well, well, Tom, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, well, I guess it's a good and time a to of... tell you, um, I'm Uh-oh. moving the podcast to another place unless you pay me $50,000 right now. Okay, so this is... This uh, is our baby. Okay, blackmail. No, just, <laughs> well, it's, it's the interesting thing. If I did that, you call it blackmail. Right. And because, yet, I'm not, is, because I'm not... I'm not crediting your emotional that's true my emotional needs you're you're saying that i'm a troll and i don't really care about this baby of our podcast i am saying that i am saying that (sighs) yeah all right we'll be back in a moment uh take a little quick break and then um (laughs) talk about child care stuff we'll be back let's do it All right, everybody. How you doing? Welcome back. You are listening to The Bridge. Hi, it's Jesse, Appel, and Tom. Yeah, we're talking about um, uh, Tom's uh, recently acquired role as a father. Yeah, my quest as a naiba. Quest as a naiba, um, stay-at-home dad, whatever you want to call it. And um, one thing I want to talk about is U.S.-China childcare differences, because uh, you know childcare is crazy expensive in America. I'm gonna look this up, but I think it's the most expensive yeah. childcare of anywhere. Childcare and elderly care are yeah. two of the biggest costs that that will just keep growing in our society. Yeah. And so for childcare, I mean, what has your experience been having these two kids in America? So your wife is Chinese, yes, but both of the children were born in the United States. Is that right? Yes. Okay, and then and so because of the pandemic, you guys haven't even been back to China with the babies. So your your whole uh, childcare experience right now is exclusively sort of the uh, American experience, the American Chinese experience, because we've only had Chinese nannies help out and Mm -hmm. along with my parents. So I know a lot of people in Los Angeles they use like you know they have uh, white or Hispanic nannies too, or just Mm -hmm. you know you know generally American nannies. 
But um, for you guys, you know, the babies only speak Chinese. So no, no, yeah. The babies, <laughs> yeah. They kind of, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. usually within the first month. So in China, there's the Yuezi, which is the first mm. month so after. Explain that, because I actually had no idea about this before I went to China. Yeah. What is the Yuezi? The Yuezi is a very, it's, I mean, it, it, it started in like ancient China. So the first month after the wife, after the mother gives birth, uh, a, uh, a nanny comes to take care of the baby and the mother. So it's very important within that first month for the mother to to heal and stay in bed. So you have a, a professional nanny who knows exactly how to cook. You have to, you know, pretty much make food without any salt. You have to, like, balance certain ingredients. And so so the mother can produce more milk. At the same time, like, you have to watch out for the mother. Like, back in the day, it's like she's not allowed to shower or go outside for an entire month. A lot of times they have to be bedridden. These days, it's not as strict, but, you know, diet-wise, that's still a very big part of it. And you do want to have that time for the mother to recover. And so the, and so in what I've been, uh, you know, fascinated with, because just so out of my uh, reality, was that there's like a, a like a secret market of like eyes that, that come lucrative. around. It's, it's a, a lucrative, lucrative market. market of people that come and take care of women after their first month of birth. And, and this would be in the Chinese American and Chinese community. Yeah, it's interesting. Like even if you're American raised, a lot of my friends who are Chinese American, like, you know, when uh, uh, at the at the chance of having a nanny come and take care of them for a month, they're like, oh, uh I'm all, I'm all of a sudden very traditionally Chinese. I so, think that's well, so maybe this is what that dude should say is like, if I'm not giving you 50,000, I'll pay for the IE. Like I'll pay for, you should do the U.S. even if you're not Chinese. You that's, should. A, that's a nice gift. Like, a lot of know, people give that as a gift. It would be a, a real gift. It would be a great the, gift. From the mother-in-law. From oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be a great gift. Yeah. Oh, so, you sound like you want to experience Here's that. a question. If I, so Tom, just like culturally. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's say I wanted to stay in bed for a month and have somebody just dote on me. Did you have a... Did you just have a child? No, I didn't have a child. I just are I just, you a child? Um, that is a deeper question. <laughs> but let's ignore yeah. that question. Just say I wanted yeah. that. and not shower for a month. Yeah, um, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> again, like you know, that wouldn't be too much of a change. I'm looking at the you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it almost seems yeah, like where's it, the it's baby? A weird type of vacation. Yeah, the IE comes by. It's like yeah. it's just one white man in his yeah. bed speaking to me in Chinese and, and asking a toy me to baby, cook for him. A toy baby in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so that, so that's not likely to happen. But yeah, so where, do, where do you find these eyes? Where they're do you on WeChat platforms. They they have there's agencies. I mean, it's a very huge, wow. uh, it's a very huge market in uh, in Los Angeles. Back in the day, because because uh, a lot of uh, a lot of mothers would come from China and have their kid here, so they they stay for the first month. So during that time, it was a booming business. But since COVID, that's died down a lot. A lot of people are not allowed to come over, mm-hmm. not allowed to travel to have their babies here. But regardless, like people are still having a lot of babies during COVID, and they're in high demand. Mm-hmm. And they used to have these nannies come from China because of COVID, less can come from china too so the supply is limited yeah so they, so they might be doing really well do you have like a rough range of what these people get make? paid yeah they used to get paid six thousand dollars i think like a few years for ago. a month yeah for a month wow um yeah, yeah i don't know if I, yeah tax sometimes tax-free yeah um now they get paid eight to nine thousand dollars oh wow so it's really wow. a month eight to nine thousand dollars a month and there's always somebody having a kid right yeah you we're know. talking about cash payments yeah, wow that's insane and they don't have to pay for food they don't have to pay for lodging for that entire they month. usually they live it's in just, the house usually yeah it's just all profit wow yeah so that that's and, and it's fascinating so it's um and it's a very specific no just it's like 
Are they hiring? (laughs) But I'm trying to think, like, can I learn how to cook in the right way? Because it it is a special skill set. Like, as you said, they need to make all the food in accordance to, like, you know, the right, you know, the, the, is it Chinese medicinal property or is it? I mean, it's um, debatable. I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, there are are a few nannies that really know what they're doing. A lot of it are in it because the money is really good. One thing they have to do is, I mean, they all have to experience is a really, rough schedule because they make so much money a lot is expected of them yeah so i mean taking care of a newborn is hard enough on its own and on top of that they have to cook for the mother 20 you know around the clock and if you're paying that much money I, i'm assuming people feel even if they're trying to be nice they they're like you know we we i need you to help like, yeah they're you, expecting something like magical here like yeah, they're expecting like you, the best like, you know you're gonna you're gonna sleep when the baby schedule allows you to sleep you're gonna sleep when yeah. i allow you to sleep so it's of. very taxing yeah and it went and if like they're in a high demand they don't take breaks you know yeah. between between these uh, jobs so i.e by the way for those who don't know is the english term for uh the chinese term for auntie so it's like yeah. just general like an aunt like a, a woman of your aunt's auntie. age or whatever that yeah. is uh that is like you know you, you don't call her like live or something like that yeah. <laughs> you call her i uh yeah and then they're broken down to different meadows like there's like like gold medal nannies and like double gold medal really? I, it's what? self-proclaimed they, they're like yeah i'm a double oh, gold really medal. that's yeah. what they jinpai yeah, yeah. jinpai like yeah like strong jinpai or like strong jinpai. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. that must yeah, have been the double the, rainbows you know, that you're, you're you're receiving your first gold medal and all but you can, can say whatever you want is. there's no like national standard so they're just giving themselves like well, awards so, and they're so like this is oscar of, winning ie <laughs> so this is the thing is like you know these uh, industries you know, for, for many, many years, obviously, for like most of human history, childcare was unregulated. Yeah. Um, but that led to a lot of problems, you know. And so the American childcare industry is very highly regulated now. And yet, it doesn't even seem, even though it's so expensive, it doesn't even seem like um, like a lot of people are super happy with the service that they're getting. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it. and a lot of the nannies, they have kids themselves. So they're, you know... They're spending parents, the time that they may have been spending in another yeah. world with their kids. We had a neighbor. They have a, they have a two year old too, uh, a year and a half, and they had a Hispanic uh, nanny uh, come every day to take care of their kid. And after a half a year, she's like, "I can't do it because my my kid keeps getting sick." And it's just a sad story. Yeah. It's like, like everybody needs help. Everybody yeah. needs help. Everybody needs to work. And yeah, like it's not like women are not stay at home moms anymore, nor should they be. Yeah. And it doesn't mean like the men should stay at home. It's just that everybody, not only do they have to work, they want to work. They want to have a career. And having a kid, it gets in the way of that. It does. And we have to figure that out. Like, you know, people want to be more productive, but I think maybe the government need to step in and, and help. Well, we were talking about that. that I mean, we were talking about in the previous section about this man who was being charged $50,000 from his wife. And another way of looking at that is saying, the desire for the money commensurate with the loss of income makes a lot of sense. And the weird part is maybe that it's, that it's being put onto the husband. It's not necessarily that that's an unreasonable thing for a woman to want a package of, you know, services and cash equal yeah. to something like that. In He's order the to closest target too, because it's a patriarchal society. So like where <laughs> else is she going to turn? Yeah. Right. Like, well, she's like, you know, she can't like, you know, she can't like go to city hall and just say like, I want this within three months. Also the other, yeah. the other question about that article is he didn't know whether she was pregnant or not. Was she just <laughs> saying, you know, what she's saying, did she have a positive pregnancy test and he, and she was waiting to get his uh, okay before revealing it? Or was this a hypothetical conversation? Oh, that, 
that's that's a whole nother level to the to the story. Yeah. But we'll 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 go off of that again because we already talked about that. But my yeah. my uh, questions anyway, here the, for the, the child care market is yeah. And then also um, your parents are helping out, right? Yeah. You just, we I mean, talked about that, that earlier. That is huge. Again, when I was a kid, like I couldn't wait to leave the house and live as far away from my parents as possible. I'm sure as most kids want, you know, you want your own own independence. Now that I have kids, man, I can't like, I feel like I just, even, even with them across the street is, is too far. Sometimes yeah. I want them next door. And, like and, and, it, and when I was a kid, it's night and day. we didn't have grandparents, but there were these two, there was a twin sisters who were in their eighties named Margaret and Myrtle. And they were neighbors of ours, and they would come over three Creepy. times a week. No, no, they would just like be looking in our window. No, they were like saints. They were like uh, they were kind of. I knew them better than my grandparents. Wow, they, they were, were neighbors. They were neighbors, and they just loved. They just loved me and my brother, and That's they loved amazing. my mom. And they would walk down the street, and they would any oh like God. every time after school in in uh, middle school, and just getting a little bit of like you know, uh, you're just kind of old enough to take kind of take care of yourself. I, I wanted, would always want to have friends over after school. And uh, my mom was like, I don't feel comfortable having other kids over if there's nobody watching. But mm-hmm. if, if Myrtle and Margaret, if one of them can show up and they're willing to, to come, then, you know, let's, then you, can, uh, you can have your friends over. And so every Friday, and, and oftentimes more than that, I would, you know, walk up the stairway to their house. By the way, they were like 90 years old. They lived on the second floor. They went down the stairs every day to go shopping. Every day was up. a... Ch- yeah. They were like in great shape. Yeah, they were gambling every um, day. That's- every day. You know, in, in New England with the snow, like it can be like that. Goodness. So it was nuts. So they would, um, every day they would go down the stairs to go at least to Dunkin' Donuts for coffee. Um, I would recommend a tea, but you know, drink <laughs> what they want. Tea, yeah. No, and um, and then uh, or go shopping by themselves nearby. Like they were in great shape, and um, and That's they amazing. were they were essentially you know two free childcare workers yeah. that my family never would have been able to afford, right. uh, especially somebody who's like on call like that. I mean, they weren't on call in the sense that they could always say no, and but they were. Genuinely yeah. passionate, and they genuinely about, loved me. That's and they really would, you know, important. Too. They would always, they would buy me Kit Kat bars, and they would give me and my brother Kit Kat bars, like for fun. And then when, when uh, my parents were like, "Oh, you're giving them a lot of chocolate," they would buy us raspberries. And so they would like, you know, they were like, wow. "This is the that way." Sounds amazing. And so they would come with a little raspberries box that said Jesse and one that said Ben, and they would give us each sounds our like raspberries. Sounds like a really nice neighborhood they to were, be in. Like it was you, you want. Hey, it takes a village to raise a, a child, and yeah. it's true. I, I realized that, like. You know, not only are my parents available, the fact that they're retired and they have the time and patience to do it again to. Yeah. Like do because, it again. Because my parents admitted themselves like when I was a kid, they were too busy with work, at least even mentally. They were like, oh, what am I going to do for money? What am I going to do with my career? Mm. Where that's exactly where where, you know, my wife and I are at. Yeah. too. It's like when we're taking care of our kids, it's like, oh, what, what else should I be doing with my time? But with grandparents, they have the time and they have the wisdom and if they have the patience like. That's so good for the kid. They'll yeah. learn a lot from not just your gra- grandparents, but from your friends, from neighbors if they're available. Yeah. So it's that community is is more valuable than the and that, money and it's so for. hard because like you know as you're saying it's so complicated and so multi layered. It really, it really isn't just like oh we just start the national daycare program and it's over. Like yeah. it, it isn't it isn't that simple at all. Yeah, and we visited a few daycare programs too, yeah. and we realized like. These there people are, don't care. A few they, of them. These are, they're just day. No. Yeah, no, the, the, <laughs> no. The interesting thing is like, there's a few of them that's only like, they, you know, they only take care of your kid for three hours. And in our minds, like three hours, like that's not enough time for us to do anything. But they're like, 
you know, a kid's attention span is limited. So like, you know, it's for the children. And then we go to these like more corporate like mm. daycares and they're like we can take care of your kid from yeah. like 7 to 10 yeah. or 10 to 12 or 7 to 5 you press the like, button they disappear yeah it's like, pr- exactly like, oh, or really? 7 to 5 we could do them in the, like take care of them in the evening from yeah. 4 to 7 yeah. or during the weekend if you guys want to go on a date from like 7 to 10 and I'm like wow how like is this a prison for kids yeah. like it's not like are you do you guys have the kids interest at heart because it feels like this is a huge well, selling point the, for I mean, parents. It's weird. It's like, you know, a I lot mean, of but it's some the, parents need this. Well, yeah. And, and also it's all, it's, um, you know, it, it almost reminds me in a weird way of education where like, um, the, the, the client is the parent, but the person receiving the service is the child. Yeah. It's similar in that sense, uh, because, you know, that second one is clearly sought up. They're like, who pays our bills? Right. The parents pay our bills. The parents have asked to be able to go on a date from seven to 10. And, you know, can, and, you know, I'm not a parent, so I can't even imagine, but like, did, have you had a date night anytime recently? You know, not recently, but we try to be, we, we try to be good about that at least once a week. That's but good. It's hard. It's, it's hard. hard to do it's that, it's yeah. an effort for you. And I'm sure that, you know, and that, it, and we it, have our parents, but we if we didn't and we didn't have help, yeah. maybe maybe the daycare is a good you yeah. Know? And so it's uh, and and then you know it also seems like you're almost even though you know the only person here is me and uh, but like it almost feels like you're worried about opening yourself up to judgment about parenting style yeah. by putting the kid in a daycare too much or something like that. Yeah, because it does feel like it's like uh, it, uh, like my consideration is skewed towards my own our schedule versus what's good for him, whether he's what whether he's going to enjoy a space like that. Do you think that there is an element of like, ultimately like, do you feel like it's a, it's a, it's like a, um, a zero sum game or do you think like ultimately what's good for you is also going to be good for the kid because no, that's a very good question. question. I think, I don't know. I don't know the answer because I, they've not experienced that. I just know like when I asked them about the curriculum, there weren't a lot of description around that. Mm-hmm. But when, well, how old was the kid were the kids in the daycare? Oh that, man. From like six months to, to like, um, yeah. to like five or six. So it's they're like, not reading Chaucer or anything like that. No, they were. Oh, they were. Okay, <laughs> yeah. good stuff. Yeah. You should be like, do you have any laws? Instead of Chaucer? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you guys don't care about if, the kids. If I'm going to read something, if I'm going to make my six month year old read something erudite, it better be from my culture. <laughs> <laughs> That's the um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to be uh, I, I don't want to say like you know they they're not they don't know what they're doing or they don't have the kids' interests at heart. Um, but that is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, so this and then this is the and the challenge of this whole thing. It's um, it's it's just so difficult to raise kids, and you're seeing it now in, in China. There was the one child policy. Now there's the three child policy. They want people having more kids now, and a lot of people are, I think, balking at that because it's just like the cost of raising children yeah. in the modern day is so high. But you know what? At the same time, I think technology allows us to maybe have the option of doing both. Meaning, like you know, I look at your tea business that you have on TikTok. If that's all you wanted to do, Jesse, it's yeah. like I feel like you can possibly. You might have hacked a system where it's like you can possibly work from home, yeah. have your own business, yeah. and be with your family. Yeah. And that is like... I need to start a family, but that would be incredible. I mean, that was what I was right? saying. It's like, it, it, I think part of this Naibad discussion is the question of... Um, Oh, you're, you know, are, are you bringing in the money? Are you doing the work? But a lot of that is kind of predisposed on the idea that you have to leave the house and work really hard to make right. the money. Yeah, you got to be whereas, a laborer. Or like, where, yeah. Whereas, like, you know, part of the way that I set up the company is, like, I, I'm kind of aggressively, like, lazy in a certain way. Like, I really try to value my free time. And so 
um, you know, when it comes to a lot, and I've never worked hourly in my life because I've only ever been a performer or like an artist. So you, you get paid to do things. And so for me, like, you know, the, the hourly work period is something I wanted to avoid. And so I was trying to figure out a way that I could, you know, spend as few hours as possible and do as much work as possible. And if you want to do that, technology is a solution. Yeah. And so the a technology and, and this is kind of the harder part because it just costs money, you need to hire other people to do the work. Yeah. And so the, um, and so yeah. for me, but this is the question societally, if I, let's say that I managed, if I had a kid now and I had to run and run our, our life off of the income of the online tea thing, um, or, or like uh, make videos on the internet for anything and sell yeah. ads, you know, even if you're going to be able to do that, if I make it work by hiring other people, then maybe they can't take care of their kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause it's like, I have uh, like in the tea, we have a warehouse and people uh, put them into the mail when they need to be put into the mail and they unpack the boxes and, yeah. and somebody has got to do that and they're not with their kids. So, um, in fact, unless yeah, when, their kids are my kids. Oh no. What, where were you going? Start boxing. Unless they Your start, no, 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 and we're not going back to child labor. That's right. not. No, I'm I mean, just, I'm just, just trying to find I, you solutions. Know, just trying to find solutions. Yeah, just trying yeah. to find solutions. No, that's, people. That would be a backwards step. That would be a back. Well, I don't know. it depends how much money they make. But no, no, <laughs> yeah. no. But the, um, but the, I yeah, think that you're there, right, though. That there is, is uh, and and I think some of this is expectation, and some of it has to be fairness. Like I think companies rightly now are shamed for opening uh, their stores on Thanksgiving because then they have to be staffed. And, and you're like, you're opening when most people are closed so you can make profit off of the last couple people that didn't have their Thanksgiving all set and you're going to ruin a whole bunch of other people's Thanksgivings yeah. uh, just to have them do this Making thing. Making them choose now. Yeah, and, and now, um, like, you know, and, and I think and companies are rightly shamed for that. Maybe the next step is, as you said, that maternity leave, may, if it's the company's job, maybe you need to shame the companies that don't give maternity leave. You yeah. know, maybe you need to, um, you know, do we, or do we not care about our society and the future of our, like, that's, <laughs> well, the, this that's, is the thing is like maternity the, leave is yeah. a big, is a very big part of and that. Put, and paternity leave. The idea that like, yeah. if you were working at a company, you, you know, you're going to be a better father if you were able to take time off. Like, yeah. you know, I think we're both like blessed in that sense of doing, um, you know, art and performance sort of stuff that we have a little bit more. Yeah, like we're you the can, lucky few. You can take too. some time, um, you know, you could take months off of being a director if you wanted to. So yeah. the um, or if I don't have work, I can or, take years off. Yeah, exactly. So so <laughs> if as long as I just keep sniping your gigs, you'll never have to work. Yeah, thank you. See Jesse. how this works. Just uh-huh. send all your work to me. <laughs> That's saying, what we figured out at the end of an hour of talking. Me. You're looking out for me. I'm going to look out for you and your family by taking all of your jobs and earning all of the money. Yeah. And um, and then I'm going to be the, the milk daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's I the ultimate. <laughs> am your milk daddy. <laughs> And if you got that reference, you're my type of person, yes, yeah. and uh, that is the end of the show. So um, uh, thank you again to Tom for sharing all this uh, you know, personal information about you and your family. Yeah, we're still figuring it out. I mean, no, it's like it's, it's a struggle every day between the, the images that society wants to place on you versus you know, your, own, your own charting your own course. But yeah. one thing, I think one thing is certain for me, like spending time with my family and my kids, like I know I'm never going to get that time back. So even if I'm not making the type of money I want to make now, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so you're keep right. keep sniping, Jesse. Yep. I'll keep <laughs> taking your jobs. You keep thinking it's worth it. And we really. <laughs> it's a win-win. One day your kids are going to grow up and say, you know, who's that guy that has all this money yeah, that keeps why are coming we, around the house? Why are we boxing his tea sets? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. 
of your kids, but unless they want to, if they right. want to, I'll get them in touch with the people that do. No. Um, but that, that would be great. Thank you so much for yep. sharing. And, um, any last one word of advice to new parents? Um, just be a, uh, be a good milk daddy. Don't be a dry daddy. Don't be. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to The Bridge. We will see you next time.